You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is time. It is time. They can't be Packers. No. Are you crazy? You're listening to Cheese and Packers, a project powered by the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm your host, JJ Leahy. Follow me on Twitter at JJ Leahy, L-A-H-E-Y. Do stay up to date on all things Packers and send you questions for the show. Uh, big thank you to Patreon supporters Goose, Michael, Ken, Ryan, Brian, and Jeremy. Super appreciate you guys supporting me for what I do. Um, I really, really appreciate it. If anyone else wants to become a Patreon supporter and help um, help fund the show, patreon.com slash JJ Lee. Uh, okay, a couple house cleaning notes. First of all, the contest. So last uh, the last episode I recorded, uh, I asked you guys for help coming up with a nickname for Tyler Davis. Now uh, I had said at the time that uh, we were going to get results to you guys uh, like Friday or Saturday. However, something happened. Ryan returned, which is fantastic. <laughs> so I didn't have to do a daily pod anymore, um, even though I enjoy doing it. Still, you know, nice to have something that I can listen to. So Ryan's back. So uh, we had already pre-recorded the... Um, Sam Holman podcast. So we went ahead and released that over the weekend. Now I have results on the Tyler Davis um, nickname contest. So uh, I asked for submissions on Facebook, on Twitter. I had some people text. I had some people email suggestions. There was a clear and overwhelming number one option had a bunch of people suggest the same nickname and there were a lot of likes (laughs) whenever people would post this nickname so um we're going to talk about honorable mentions first and then we'll share the the clear and away favorite so let's see david schuster says juggernaut i like it it's a good one Daniel davis says Flex Luger. I'm going to be honest. I feel like this is a clever pun that I don't get. So I hope you guys appreciate this one. I'm like 90% certain that this is a pun on Lex Luger's name, the uh, wrestler. 90% certain. So I hope that you wrestling fans out there really appreciate that one. Jeff Nelson says the truck. My only problem with the truck is that I really feel like that needs to be um, a nickname for A.J. Dillon, 
when he's barreled into the guys. But you know what? AJ Dillon already has all these uh, Quadzilla nicknames and stuff. So maybe we can give this to uh, Tyler Davis. Um, a bunch of people, <laughs> a bunch of people uh, decided to be snarky and use these posts to trash Tyler Davis. Uh, and there was like, you know, someone said, who cares? And, yeah, I get it. I get who cares, but it's the off season and you know, who cares? Anybody who recognizes that we're thin at tight end and we're like one injury away from Tyler Davis being a starting tight end. Just FYI. Dave Krause says zip tie. I like that one. He is a speedy dude. Uh, let me see. I got to skip over all these ones that are all agreeing with the uh, the correct answer. Okay, Clayton, the one and only Clayton Bailey, says the Belmore Bandit. So I had to look, I had to look up the uh, context. Of course, Tyler Davis is from North Belmore, New York. Let's see. Uh, Ed Coco says Captain America. Tyler Davis is a great young man. Let's go. All right, I like it. David Davis recommends T.Y., it's a good, simple one. Tyler Nall D is a recommendation from Tennessee Thomas. I thought it was kind of funny. You know, you're trying to get uh, get some relief from the headache that is the Packers defense, and the, the doctor prescribes Tyler Nall D to you, and then he just runs all over you. Fun one. Um. All right. Logan Hilgers had, I think, by far the <laughs> the worst suggestion. I'm going to read it. This is dreadful, Logan, just so you know. He says, this is a stretch here, but recently he said he is just scratching the surface of his tight end potential. And he started his collegiate career at UConn, which is the Huskies. So my submission is scratch and sniff. That is absolutely terrible, and I love it. Um, all right. Uh, Robert recommends Tide, like uh, the detergent, because he's so fresh. Matthew, S- oh, man, how do you say your last name? Seahafer? C- Dude, I don't know how you say your last name. Sorry, I'm sure you get a lot of a lot of that. Um, he he uh, nominated Abby on Roids, which is... Uh, Reference to Aberderis. Um, Mike said he'll take them to the Tidy Bowl. Okay. Uncle Rico says, I've got it. Tippecanoe and Tyler 2 Davis. Hope he can sing. Vanessa says, Time Bomb Davis. Cops and Roger says, T-Dizzle. Ray says, White Lightning 2 Electric Boogaloo. Pretty sure that one's been taken a few times, but I like it. Um, and then, uh, Jason had a ton of them, so I'm going to grab the most unique. He said quarter mile Davis, because a quarter mile is 440 yards, which is a reasonable prediction for the upcoming season. It's a super creative. I got to give you that, Jason. Super creative. And then S. Joseph K. says Big D. Okay. Jeff Warnick says T. Money. And then here's the one that was submitted about a million times. Everybody agrees that this is the correct one. And and I'll just tell you, it clearly is the correct one. And I'm embarrassed I didn't think about it. Dude's name is Tyler Davis. 
His nickname just needs to be TD. And hopefully he scores a lot of TDs for us. So thank you guys for joining in. That was a fun... I, I, I really enjoyed the creativity you guys had there. The first, like, three people who suggested TD, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll give you guys credit for, for this one. But we're at the point where we're at, like, I, I don't know, 40 people have <laughs> recommended that now. So um, you, you guys all just, you know who you are. You get partial credit. And then last item of business, uh, Clayton is trying to drum up some more support for uh, Drew trying to get his seizure service dog so if you head over to clayton's uh twitter let me see does he have this yeah he does pin to the top of clayton's twitter page at packers underscore access he has a contest it's a giveaway to win indoor club seat tickets to packers rams monday night football at lambeau field for every $5 donated to Drew's GoFundMe, you will get an additional entry. So here's what you got to do. Go donate 500 bucks, and you get 100 entries. You're probably winning that thing. <laughs> okay. Um, this is uh, obviously a cause that uh, Ryan has been pushing for a long time. But now, for um, anybody who still has not uh, participated, you can still win Monday Night Football Packers Rams Lambo home game tickets. So give that a look and uh, let's let's uh, get Drew his seizure service dog. Okay. So for the podcast topic today, I have so many ideas of things I want to talk about. And I there have been two things that have been kind of on the top of my mind recently. Um and I was I was uh, I had a topic that I wanted to do, which was uh, the the state of the NFC, talking about NFC contenders for the Super Bowl. And then I was thinking about, it and I was like, I don't know how interested people are in that, so maybe I should talk about uh, free agents and trade prospects because I think that um, we actually have some pretty serious needs at a couple of spots where it would make sense to bring in the veteran. In fact, there's at least one spot where I think they need to bring in a veteran. So I was thinking about talking about that, and I just decided to throw up a poll uh, uh, on Twitter and in the Facebook group. If you're not in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group, get in there. And if you don't like Facebook and you're on Twitter, come hang out with me on Twitter because I tend to post stuff there as well, um, this kind of stuff. So I ran a poll. The results were split pretty much down the, the middle exactly, if you um, add up the Facebook and Twitter results. So since it's it's practically neck and neck, I'm going to give the edge to the comments. There were a bunch of comments saying, I don't know why people are asking for the free agents and trade prospects thing. Can we please talk about NFC contenders? So we are going to do that. That's going to be our tiebreaker. Um, I'm probably going to do the free agents and trade prospects in a future episode. And who was it? Somebody was basically asking why in the world would we... Let me see. Where is it? Here it is. Okay. It was Uncle Rico. He said, I don't think we have much money left over for free agents, nor do we really need them bar injuries. So NFC contenders it is. And I think you might learn a lot from the... Uh, free agent and trade target conversation. 
So I think we're going to go ahead and do that, um, I don't know, next week or the week after, something like that. I have a couple um, really interesting interviews coming up that um, have to get slotted in here somewhere, but I think there's some valuable info there. So we're going to talk about NFC contenders, and I'm not sure how long each team is going to take, so I'm just going to start with the most important ones and work, um, work our way down to the ones who I think are a little bit less likely to make some noise. Obviously, we're not going to talk about all 15 um, other teams who are in the NFC. Some of them are just super irre- irrelevant. I'm not going to waste any time talking about the uh, Panthers or the Falcons or the Bears uh, or the Seahawks, you know, these teams who have, I, I, I'll just say, no chance of making the playoffs. We're going to start with the Rams since they just won the Super Bowl. Uh, I got to take a sponsor break right here. I think this is a a good spot because once I start talking about these teams, I'm not going to be able to stop. So uh, first team we're going to look at is going to be the Rams. I find it really interesting where people think the Rams are and where I see the Rams being. It's an interesting comparison. Um, So we will start with the Rams right after this. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So I think maybe one of the more interesting places to start with the Rams is coaching changes. There, there, there's a lot of changes to the entire Rams team. We're going to talk about coaching changes. First of all, um, they they lost a few coaches. You know, Kevin O'Connell, their uh, offensive coordinator, left to go be the um, head coach for the Vikings. So th- there was some turnover. Actually, in terms of stability, there's not a there's not a ton of guys returning to the same job they had last year. Obviously, you still have the same head coach, Sean McVay. Defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris, who's a guy I've respected for a long time. Still defensive coordinator. There was the same special teams coordinator, Joe. Oh, my gosh. How do you say this guy's name? Joe DeCamillas. It's the problem with... Uh, you know, dudes who you never hear, but it's one thing with players, because if you've ever seen a player play, chances are you've heard the announcer say their name. 
then once in a while, you know, you get some coach and you're just like, I, I don't, how do you use this combination of letters should make sense and doesn't. It looks like it should be D Camilla, but instead of an A, it's an IS. Anyways, they have the same offensive line coach, Kevin Carberry. Uh, their defensive line coach is also their run game coordinator, which I find interesting. Isn't the run game coordinator usually involved like in offense? This, I don't know. Is this their run defense coordinator? Maybe that that's like the most superficial title in the freaking world. If you make your defensive line coach your run game defense coordinator, but Eric Henderson he's returning. Um, and then the wide receivers coach Eric Yarber returns. Um. Then they had a bunch of guys that they moved around. So their Thomas Brown was their assistant head coach and tight ends coach, or or is now he was moved to tight ends. He was coaching running backs, so they got a new running backs coach, and that would be Rashad Samples. Rashad Samples was the assistant head coach and running backs coach at SMU. So looks like this. Um, this is his first time in the NFL. He's a, he's a former college player whose career was cut short when he was forced to medically retire due to suffering a bunch of concussions. Um, he hit, he was playing at Houston and then he remained there as a student assistant and then started coaching wide receivers. He's an assistant wide receivers coach in 2018. This guy's crazy young. 2018 was his first time doing any kind of coaching, and he was an assistant wide receivers coach. All right, 2019, he became the offensive assistant at SMU, and um, but he he was not a coach. He was only a recruiter. Then. He started coaching running backs in 2020, and obviously he still was heavily involved in recruiting, but not only recruiting running backs, it looks like. And then he was promoted to assistant head coach in 2021. So even, even at the college level, this is a meteoric rise. Go from you're an assistant receivers coach, then a, a recruiter, then running backs coach, and then assistant head coach. And then he got hired by TCU – in November of last year, and but then he was only there for half a season, and then immediately got hired away to the NFL. So keep your eye on Rashad Samples. Clearly, everybody who works with him is like blown away with the dude. I mean, he's he can't hold a job for even an entire year before somebody comes along and hires him to a better, more important job. So, yep. Keep an eye on this dude. Looks like Sean McVay is super intrigued by him. Okay, he had a I have a smattering of guys who were previously like the assistant outside linebackers coach and now is just promoted to outside linebackers coach, presumably because the outside linebackers coach got hired away. Um, that's the same thing for the DBs, uh, QBs. Um, and then, so their linebackers coach was Chris Shula. Now he is the pass game coordinator and DB's coach. Got the same thing as with that defensive line coach where he's got a fluff title to keep him around. Um, 
And then new hires, they have a new offensive coordinator, Liam Cohen, who's replacing Kevin O'Connell. Liam Cohen, previously from Kentucky, University of Kentucky. So also got a guy who was um, uh, coaching some college. But actually, before he was at Kentucky, he was with the Rams as an assistant wide receivers coach. So assistant wide receivers coach in 2018, assistant quarterbacks coach in 2020 with the Rams, left for one year for 2021, coaching what? Uh, Offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for Kentucky. Then he returned to the Rams. So familiar face. New inside linebackers coach Chris Beak. Previously coached with the Denver Broncos for nine seasons, uh, most recently as defensive pass game specialist. I don't know what that means. That's a, a looks like a title that kind of just the Broncos used. Pass game specialist. I, I would guess he was an assistant coach. Um, started out as a defensive quality control coach in 2013. Became a defit. Dis- tongue-tied defensive assistant and defensive line coach so not assistant defensive line coach but defensive assistant slash defensive line coach through 2018 then he was demoted down to just defensive assistant for 19 and 20 um and then that's it uh, but it does say he took an expanded role in 2020 while defensive coordinator Ed Donatel battled COVID-19. Well, okay, but that's probably for like a week or two weeks. Not that interesting. Point is, I don't think there's any reason to look at anything that happened with the coaching staff and think it's going to really affect the team. Um, the biggest change that was made was he had a new offensive coordinator, but this is Sean McVay's offense. All right, it, you have to just be able to run practices, and that, that's about it. You know, it's a kind of a puppet position, similar to how it is here in Green Bay. You know, I know a lot of you love Nathaniel Hackett. We'll see. Maybe this year, you know, the offense falls off a cliff, and it turns out that secretly it was Nathaniel Hackett all along. I have my doubts, but we'll see. It's great you to test that kind of theory. Um, looking at players this is where things uh, are are a big deal first of all they lost von miller he went to the bills they lost cornerback darius williams he moved to the jaguars they lost nose tackle sebastian joseph day he's a good player signed with the chargers uh they lost tight end johnny munt who i don't really think he was like their top tight end anyways uh, they lost another outside linebacker in Agbania uh, Okorowunku. And they cut Johnny Hecker, their punter. Which I think is really interesting, by the way. You know, last year, last offseason, they had two punters, Corb Horquez and Johnny Hecker. They trade Bojo to the Packers. And now a year later, they've cut Johnny Hecker. I just find that interesting. So uh, I I will say I don't think any team outside of like the Vikings is uh, as cursed as at punter as the um, 
Packers have seemed to be, so I would doubt that losing Johnny Hecker is a huge blow for them. They also lost Robert Woods. Uh, they traded him to the Titans and got a sixth-round pick out of that and saved $3.8 million. Let's see. Then along the offensive line, two big losses. Guard Austin Corbett was signed by the Panthers. And uh, uh, Andrew Whitworth, I almost called him Eric. Andrew Whitworth retired. That's huge. Now, uh, you notice um, a bunch of outside linebackers left. They do still have Leonard Floyd. Uh, they don't have Troy Reader, uh, but they looks like they can still offer him a tender. Nope, never mind. He signed with the Chargers. They also lost Sony Michelle for whatever that's worth. He went to the Dolphins. Um, offensive lineman Jamil Demby. Running back Buddy Howell and cornerback Dante Dion are all gone as well. Spent a bunch of money on Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald. Let's talk about uh, who's filling these shoes. Um, first of all, so the, I think the clearly the biggest um, loss here is left tackle. Andrew Whitworth was the best. Uh, he was the second best. Uh, left tackle in football last year, and it was it was kind of a historic season. So it looks like their new starting left tackle is Joseph Noteboom. He's a 2018. What year? Or I mean, what what round was he drafted? Third rounder, drafted by the Rams. So. His grades have kind of gone up and down. His rookie season, he was pretty good. And then uh, 2019, 2020, he was abysmal. And then 2021, he kind of climbed back up and was playing some good football again. Uh, center, they got Brian Allen. Um, right guard, so they lost. I'm already forgetting the guy's name. Which, which guard did they lose? Uh, Austin Corbett, they lost him to the Panthers. In his place, they are slotting in undrafted 2022 what does it say undrafted it's not undrafted he was drafted in like the third round third rounder logan bruss out of wisconsin undrafted fix your website freaks uh they also brought in uh coleman shelton looks like he's not projected to be a starter and then um so they they lost Robert Woods, and they don't, I think they don't currently have OBJ, but the expectation is he'll be back. Well, actually, you know what? I don't know the expectation is he'll be back with the Rams. He'll be back in the NFL, and then they could try and bring him back to LA. And I think there might be a role for him there because I don't love their receiving core. Like, I don't love it enough to close the door on OBJ coming back. So they brought in uh, Allen Robinson to replace Robert Woods. Maybe you see a resurgence, you know, similar to how you saw a resurgence with Odell. Um, 2021 was pretty bad for Allen Robinson, and you can point to the team around him if you want. Uh, I would not personally have taken a flyer on him. I didn't, I didn't really didn't want him in Green Bay because I didn't like how he played. You know, when I watched him play, he was giving up on a lot of plays. Uh, looked like he just wanted to be on a beach. 
uh, really not alert, not paying attention. You know, his quarterback is uh, scrambling with the ball, and he's the only blocker. And then he just stops and watches his quarterback get tackled when he could have made the blocks. Just crap like that. I'm not really interested in Allen Robinson, um, but maybe being on a different team, you know, being around all, all these dudes who are juiced up because they just won the Super Bowl, maybe that gets them excited. <clears throat> um, at running back, they have Cam Akers. So this is going to be his third year in the league. 2020 season was decent. 2021 season was really terrible before his injury. And then, of course, he didn't play for basically the whole season. Um, I, I don't know. I, I would I would say offensively, running back is a pretty big concern. Van Jefferson is their wide receiver three, and I'm not sure where his reputation comes from because the reputation he I, – I, actually, I do know. It's fantasy football because he put up some decent points in fantasy. He does not do much on the field. He's really not a good player. Maybe year three he breaks out, but that would really be the first time that he has played well. So um, receivers, I think, are a problem. Um, you still have Tyler Higby there as your starting tight end. Um, running back, I think, is a big problem. It was a big problem last year. Uh, before Cam Akers got hurt, they brought in Sonny Michelle. He did okay. By the way, your tight end, too, is Kendall Blanton, who is – uh, I mean, this is like, I'm trying to think of a comparison. Yeah, this, this is like, um, I don't know, us saying that our, our second tight end is, uh, I don't know, Elise Mack. All right. Like a, a dude that you kind of have never seen. Maybe he has it in him to be cool, but like, you've just never seen anything from him. And then he's your, he's your starting tight end too. Um, I, I think that they'll be able to be good enough. At wide receiver and Cooper Cup, obviously the freak. Tyler Higby is not bad. Running back, I think they're going to need to bring in a running back. And then we'll see how the how the offensive line shakes out. I expect the offensive line to take a pretty significant step backwards without Andrew Whitworth, but they might still get some okay production out of Joseph Noteboom. Um, last year, he only logged... 278 snaps on offensive line. He was mostly a special teamer, uh, blocking for field goals and extra points and all that. My guess is that left tackle is going to be an issue for him. We'll see. Um, you know, as a Packer fan with our uncertain offensive line, you know, I probably shouldn't throw stones, but I'm going to anyways. Defensively. Uh, losing Darius Williams, I think, is a big deal because the guy that you're slotting in his place is David Long Jr., who is a really bad football player. Of course, Jalen Ramsey is there. Um, everybody thinks he's a freak. He's he's good. Uh, defensive lines um, still kind of intact from last year. Uh, Greg Gaines, Ashawn Robinson, Aaron Donald all returning. Um, but that set, that number two outside linebacker spot has really taken a hit because last year Leonard Floyd was kind of your uh, pass rusher number two. Um, he did have a career year last year. He was the 25th highest graded linebacker in football. So, you know, a, a, a number one, but kind of barely. I think that they maybe need to bring in some help opposite him. So Justin Hollins is your uh, edge rusher number two. Been a bad football player so far. 
you know, maybe year four is the year he figures it out. I don't know. He's he's a, kind of a good run defender, and that's it. Cannot rush the passer. Um, certainly a liability in coverage. Not that you want your um, outside linebacker in coverage a ton, but you know what? His responsibility is to cover the tight end. So you go up against a good tight end. Uh, if he's lined up on Holland's side, uh, that one could go a long way. You're going to be asking your, your safeties to clean that mess up. Speaking of safeties, um, Jordan Fuller returns. He was kind of a freak last year, captain of the defense. Uh, unfortunately, got hurt <clears throat> prior to the Super Bowl, didn't get to play. So he's going to really be itching to get back to the Super Bowl and have a chance to actually play there. Opposite him, uh, Taylor Rapp returns. Taylor Rapp is a mediocre player. He's okay. Um, He's a little bit like Darnell Savage, except minus the uh, really good 2020 season. And then they brought in uh, Bobby Wagner to come play inside linebacker. Bobby Wagner still playing some good football. The last three years, he has not quite looked like himself. Uh, 2017, 2018 was really his peak. Actually, 2016 through 2018 was really his peak. Since then, he has certainly taken a step back. I think he's still playing some competent football, but his best days are behind him. So it'll be interesting to see how much he's asked to do in the Rams' defense um, and how well his new role fits his talents. A, A lot of times, you know, you see good players switch teams and the production just isn't the same. Now, I I would argue that he's going to a much better defense this year, obviously, than he was in in Seattle. So maybe he takes a step forward. But, you know, usually when people talk about how the Rams are doing, Wagner is like the first name mentioned of like why they're going to be so much better this year. I'm just telling you across the board, all right, you have losses at, um, you know, we'll call linebacker a, a wash or, or maybe even upgrade everywhere else though um safety is is going to be better with fuller back uh but they had him for most of the year last year cornerback took a step down uh pass rusher it took a significant step back wide receiver i'm gonna i'm just gonna tell you i think uh, wide receiver took a step backwards tight end eh, about a wash running back took a step back, but I think you can you can find another running back to replace the Sony Michelle production. But Cam Akers needs to start playing well. Um I, I I don't know man. I'm not I'm not a Cam Akers believer. We'll see what he can do this year, but but this really is a prove it year for him. Uh I think that if he starts the season not looking good, I think he can lose his job in a hurry. Dude had a thirty nine rushing grade last year. And then offensive line I think is going to be okay, but not the dominant strength that they were uh, a year ago. So I will tell you that I think the Rams got kind of lucky last year just with how the um, NFC shook out. Now, they did beat a quality Bucks team and a quality 49ers team, but I think the NFC was a lot weaker last year than it usually is especially with the Packers falling flat on their face, you know, and not having an offensive line. I think, I just think that the overall, the NFC was um, just not really that good last year. And 
I think they kind of lucked out in that all of a sudden, you know, you're facing the Bengals in the Super Bowl, which credit to the players, you know, the, they got some good players there. But I, I think it, even the Bengals were really surprised to find themselves in that situation. And then you got a, a inexperienced head coach. I just think that it was kind of a gift wrapped Super Bowl for them. I'm not trying to say that they didn't deserve it, you know, or that it's a fake Super Bowl. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I don't think that you can take what happened last year and really project it to this year and say, well, they won the Super Bowl last year, so they're probably going to win it again this year. I I don't – I just think that this is one of the worst Super Bowl winning teams that we've seen in recent years. Let's talk about Tampa because I think the Buccaneers are probably the clear next – team that is on most people's minds I think that the Buccaneers over the last two years have taken steps back I think 2021 was clearly not as good as the 2020 team just in terms of their play on the field and then 20 the 2022 team is going to be missing some key contributors first of all Gronk retired retired uh Tuesday I believe Gronk's gone um, which uh, is a bigger deal because O.J. Howard is gone too. So their starting tight end is Cameron Brait, who uh, has been in the league since 2014. So this is going to be his ninth season. He's had four. He 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 said he had two good seasons, and then four mediocre seasons. The rest of his career, he's been bad, including last year, he was quite bad. His only good season, or his only two good seasons, were 2016 and 2017. So it's been a while since he's played some good football. Um, he was the he graded out as the 52nd best out of 70 tight ends. So that's not good. He's your starting tight end, and I think it's maybe more of a problem because of how much Brady leaned on Gronk. So the receivers are going to get more work this year, no question. You got Mike Evans. You got Chris Godwin. Uh, your slot receiver is going to be Russell Gage this year. And then uh, they also, at running back, they, they're bringing back Leonard Fournette, who had his first good year in a long time in 2021. <sighs> I mean, first good year since 2018. They did lose uh, Ronald Jones to the Chiefs. I think that is probably best for both parties. I think Ronald Jones needed a change of scenery. I would expect Ronald Jones to have maybe a good season with the Chiefs. Offensive line previously has been a a massive strength for them. I think maybe it took a step back this year. Now, you still have Tristan Wirfs and um, who's the right guard? Shaq Mason is in. Let me see here. Shaq Mason is a new addition this year. I'm trying to remember what team he came from. Yeah, interesting. The Buccaneers actually traded for Shaq Mason from the Patriots. That's an interesting one to me. Uh, They brought in, um, of course, Russell Gage. I think he was with the Falcons. Is that correct? Yeah, Falcons. Um, They brought in Fred Johnson, who is he supposed to play tackle or guard? I'm not sure, actually. He's not projected as a starter for them. I think he's a a backup guard at this point. Yeah, so he was formerly a Bengal. I think this is not a fantastic move. The the Bengals had a horrific offensive line. 
but we'll see. You know, he's not again. He's not supposed to be a, a starter for him. Donovan Smith is your starting left tackle. He's decent. Um, and then you got uh, Luke Gedke is your left guard. Obviously, he was. Um, uh, was he from Western Michigan, Central Michigan, Central Michigan? Um, it's my, where my brother went to school. Uh, he was the he was their right tackle, and um, now he's going to be the Buccaneers' left guard. I I think that uh, we got to talk about center as well. Ryan Jensen returning to center, um, but he had actually kind of two down years in a row, including the Super Bowl winning team was was not a good year for him. Offensive line, I think maybe takes just a step back along the left side of that offensive line. And my, my guess is because they they really do coach well down there in Tampa. My guess is that you see some struggles from that left side of the line to start the year. And then, you know, the hope, if you're a Buccaneer fan, is that by the end of the season, you've got uh, really good chemistry and cohesion there. But I think losing Gronk is, and also obviously losing Antonio Brown, I think that's a, a pretty big blow for the Buccaneers offense. Um, of course, you don't have on the defensive side of the ball, Jason Pierre-Paul anymore. You lost safety Jordan Whitehead, who was a pretty good player. Uh, you lost cornerback Pierre Desir, defensive lineman Steve McLendon, linebacker Kevin Minter, safety Curtis Riley. So you're losing two safeties. Of course, Richard Sherman retired. And then also we found out this week Dominican Sue said he's not returning to the Buccaneers. Interesting to see where he goes. I had a, a number of people reached out and asked me if I thought the Packers should pick him up. And what I said was I, I'm not opposed to having Dominican Sue on the team, uh, despite his ridiculousness. Um, I just am not sure we need him because I think the defensive line room is pretty stacked. And I think that Ke- Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, and Jerron Reed – are going to make it hard for Devontae Wyatt and even TJ Slayton to get playing time. We'll see. I think I think the coaches are really hinting toward they want to see TJ Slayton on the field a lot. Um, but I would guess that Devontae Wyatt is going to be pretty blocked for a lot of this year. Again, I'm I'm really I'm keeping my eye on Dean Lowry. We're past June one, and they haven't cut him yet. So. You know, maybe they're going to keep him through training camp. Maybe he makes the 53 and, and sticks with us for the, for the season. I think that that would be a good move, but I'm certainly not, like, counting on it. Um, but in terms of Indomitian suit, yeah, I'd be excited if we got him. I just don't know that we need him. And if we're going to make additions, um, again, you know, spoiler, because I'm going to do another podcast, but I think there's um, other positions that are much bigger needs than defensive line. Anybody else that they lost who's super important? Uh, point is, I think, you know, you look at the team they had last year. Um, my gosh, I'm just looking at Devin White's grades. We think of Devin White as a good player. Oh, my gosh. I didn't realize he's he grades out as one of the worst linebackers in football. Hang on a second. What's his tackling grade? I want to see his tackling grade because I, I almost think the only way you can grade out this bad is if you just don't know how to tackle. Come on. Okay, tackling grade. His tackling grade is a 51, which is below average. 
I'll say the only thing that he does well is blitz. He blitzes really well. Wow. What a what a horrific season he had. He was a lot better in that Super Bowl winning year. Yeah, 2020. 2020 across the board, he was better at everything, um, including he was a better pass rusher, better at blitzing. Uh, like, way better. I didn't realize he had such a horrific year last year. That That is embarrassing. Uh, this is like Patrick Queen level bad. Anyways, I'm getting sidetracked. So across the whole roster, um, I, I think that they took a pretty significant step back. Um, that number two safety, I think maybe is an issue. Now you do have Logan Ryan um, projected to win that job. Problem is for the last four straight years, he has gotten worse every single year. So he's a new addition from, I think, the Colts. Um, but 2021 was the worst year of his career. Uh, 2020 was the second, uh, no, the third worst year of his career. He's 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 not been playing well. Uh, but you do, you know, your your starting safety is still Antoine Winfield Jr., fantastic player, one of the best players on the. Actually, I'll say he's the best player on their defense, um, one of the best players on their team. Now, you've got Brady back. Uh, obviously, Brady is going to give it his all. Uh, I think that they probably should bring in some running back help. Um, tight end, I think, is going to be um, an issue. Cameron Brate really is just not a good player. Uh, and then Kate Otten who's a rookie, fourth-round rookie, is projected to be their tight end, too. So they just don't have help there at tight end. That's what happens when you lose your one and two tight ends in one offseason. I don't think that they were anticipating Gronk retiring. I think that caught him by surprise. But you know what? It's Gronk. He might unretire midway through the season. Brady calls him up and says, dude, we're, we're, like, we're this close. We can win a Super Bowl, but I don't have a tight end. I need you. Gronk might unretire. That would be the most Gronk thing ever. And the most Tom Brady thing ever. Uh, Villadevea is still back. Um, you got Hicks. Uh, Akeem Hicks, new addition to the defensive line. That should be interesting. I think that the D line is going to be uh, pretty good. You got Joe Tryon is there. Uh, this is his second year in the league. He was, he was there... First round pick a year ago after winning the Super Bowl had a pretty bad rookie season. Let's see what he can do in year two. He's um, going to be a starter this year. You know, he got that middle is locked down by Vita Vea and Akeem Hicks. I think this team is still going to be super hard to run on. And then obviously Shaq Barrett is still there, still one of the better uh, edge rushers in football. And then the inside linebackers, you still got that duo of Levante David and Devin White. Levante David is a good player. Devin White is not a good player, but the two of them together seem to get the job done. I think the defense is still going to be the strength of this team. I just don't think it's going to be anything near what it was two years ago and probably not even as good as it was a year ago. Bucks are going to be in the mix to win the Super Bowl, no question about it. Uh, I think that I would probably rank them ahead of the Rams right now. I think they clearly have a better team than the Rams do. But still a lot of questions for them. Um, let's talk about coaching changes because Bruce Arians retired as the head coach. And I think the big question, and Todd Bowles um, is now the um, head coach. 
I think that the question you have to ask, um, I got totally got distracted by trying to remember if I had talked about Jason Pierre Paul or not. Jason Pierre Paul is gone, uh, and that's why uh, Joe Tryon is um, is uh, going to be the starting in his place. But Todd Bowles is the new head coach. Bruce Arians is still going to be in the building. He's going to be like an advisor. Um, looking at 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 this change, I think your huge question is how big of a of an impact on the team was Bruce Arians because we heard a lot of people talking you know given Tom Brady all this credit that Tom Brady really was the head coach of the Buccaneers and obviously it's an exaggeration but I think that there are some pretty serious questions to answer for the 2021 season there were there were some problems pretty significant problems obviously he had the Antonio Brown thing you know, looking across the rest of the roster, there there was just, there was some sloppy play that wasn't really addressed, and there weren't coaching changes either. You know, but the so for example, the receivers that they do have, you know, you have a lot of respect for Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage was okay with the Falcons. They had like a million dropped passes last year, and seemingly it was just never addressed. I think that really concerns me. You know, you don't, you don't have coaching changes here. They had 35 drops last year, which is a, and, and, and they, they, Brady led the league in passing attempts. And then he had the third most drops in the NFL. That was not his fault. That was a receiver's fault most of the time. And you're, you're losing Gronk, who was kind of the one who didn't drop any balls um, you know, so how big of a role is Russell Gage going to play as the slot receiver? You don't have AB. AB was not really dropping passes. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, a lot of drops last year. That has to get cleaned up. Um, uh, I, I think it's a strength for them that they got all this continuity with the same staff working together. But it's always a little bit weird when one of your uh, coworkers, you know, becomes the boss. Um, if you have ever experienced that, they're, they're not that it has to be a bad thing, but there's going to be some hiccups, I think. <sighs> Combined with, you know, a, a few positions that <clears throat> I think are thin, you know, you're looking at, uh, Leonard Fournette as your only running back and, uh, there's questions about if he like put on a ton of off season weight, you know, I can sympathize with that. Um, but the, the overall team, I think, has a lot to prove, and I think it's a lot of it's going to come down on Tom Brady to hold folks together, um, you know, be the glue that holds everything together. And if anybody can do it as the quarterback, obviously, I think Brady has um, shown that he he clearly can do that. But I think uh, I think there's a lot of questions up in the air, so, you know, and and. and is there going to be any step backwards from Brady? He did retire and then unretire. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. But it's something to think about. We're going to take a second sponsor break right here, and then wrap up the last few teams that I think are really uh, top con- uh, contenders in the NFL. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about the 49ers, the team that beat the Packers. The biggest question you have, obviously, is quarterback. How good is Trey Lance going to be? Well, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo is still with the team. I don't think that the 49ers thought he was still going to be here in June. We'll see if they get a trade worked out. I think there's a few few quarterback desperate teams who've been trying to land Baker Mayfield. Now, one of those is the Seahawks, and obviously I don't think that the Niners are going to be interested in um, doing a deal with the Seahawks. Maybe, maybe, you know, you think that uh, the Seahawks are going to be bad enough and that Jimmy isn't quite good enough to get them, you know, to being good and maybe you can steal a first-round pick from them or something. Maybe that's a deal you explore, but I think the Carolina Panthers make a lot of sense. So we'll see. Um, But the 49ers might have Jimmy there as a relief valve if Trey Lance is no good. Traverius Ward signed from the Chiefs is an addition that they made. They also brought in a safety, George Odom from the Colts. Wide receiver Ray Ray McLeod from the Steelers. Bad player, but he's I think he's going to be um, pretty much on special teams. If, he, if anybody can figure out how to use him on offense, it's going to be Kyle Shanahan. Um, but I'm not not a fan of Ray Ray McLeod. Uh, and then my favorite, the Niners signed Oren Burks. And it sounds like the thought is that he's largely going to be a special teamer, but get some snaps on defense as well. So kind of, you know, what he did with the Packers. Love it. Hope that he stinks in San Francisco too. Oren Burks and I don't get along. He's the only Packers player who's ever blocked me on on uh, social media and it's because I was I wasn't even being that mean I was just saying that he was really struggling in the game I didn't didn't tag him or anything I just said that Oren Burks really needs to start playing better he blocked me and I said I really hope that he can learn how to block on special teams as well as he can block on Twitter dude stinks should never have drafted him Hassan Ridgeway defensive lineman from the Philadelphia Eagles um is is uh, expected to be the DJ Jones replacement. DJ Jones, of course, went to the Broncos. I think DJ Jones was a really, really good player. Hassan Ridgeway, to me, is a pretty significant step back. Um, but it's a, it's a good roster, good coaching staff. We'll see if he can uh, put it together and, and have a really good season. I think that's certainly possible. They also brought in defensive end Kerry Hyder from the Seahawks. Who had a good season in 2020 when he was with the 49ers. He spent one season with the Seahawks in 2021. Stunk. And now he's coming back to the Niners. Uh, Last year, his role was filled by Arden Key, who now moved on to the Jaguars. I don't think Arden Key was a good player. So this is a good move, I think, for the Niners. Um, Kerry Hyder... Uh, in 2020, the last time he played with the Niners, he had eight and a half sacks. That was a career high for him. 
So we'll see. Now they lost Lake and Tomlinson at left guard. Uh, he made the Pro Bowl last year and then boogied. Um, he's going to be reunited with Mike LaFleur, his old coach, with the Jets now. Uh, I think that this is possibly significant. The 49ers had a really good offensive line last year. Um, now, obviously, the <clears throat> the key unit or the key guy on that unit was left tackle uh, Trent Williams, who I think logged probably the best offensive line performance um, of all time last year. Just stunningly good. Number one offensive lineman, actually number one player in the NFL last year. Stuff like that that makes me mad that like MVP, you know, ha- can only basically go to skill players and you know, because I think that Trent Williams deserved it. He was the best player in football last year. Mike McGlinchey was their right tackle last year. He was not great, um, but it was the interior of their offensive line that really was a big problem. Aaron Banks was a second round rookie, had a bad first season. Jake Brendel. Uh, undrafted 2016er, uh, had four bad seasons in a row. Uh, Daniel Brunskill had the worst year of his career last year. He's, uh, undrafted 2017. First year he got any playing time was 2019. He was pretty good. 2020, he was pretty bad. 2021, he was really bad. Those are your starting in uh, interior offensive linemen. Three bad players, a an okay right tackle, an elite left tackle. Trent Williams is going to have to be elite again. Um, now, the good news for Trent Williams is that since 2013, he's been really, really dominant every single year. He had t- four years mixed in there where he was – actually, he had three years mixed in there where he was great, one where he was just good – and then three where he was elite, one of which being last year when he had, uh, again, you know, probably the best offensive lineman performance of all time. So I think he's still going to be good. Uh, George Kittle bounced back. He, the first half of his season last year was just horrible. Figured himself out, started playing well again, finished the year up as the second best tight end in football. Debo Samuel, obviously, um, had a really impressive season last year. I don't think there's any reason to expect him to regress, but I will just note it's the first time in his career that he's been really elite. Um, and he only had, what, six touchdowns? Now he had 1,400 yards, but only six touchdowns. You're going to need some production from the other guys. Uh, Kittle obviously gets his touchdowns. Brandon Ayuk needs to play well. Um he didn't get a lot of playing time last year. Um, he did log 800 snaps out wide. Um, but the if, if you followed along with 49ers talk and news at all, um, it was an issue. He Everybody was freaking out and wondering why the heck he wasn't playing. And then uh, your starting slot receiver is projected to be Ray Ray McLeod. Again, terrible player. Running back, I think, is still a strength for him. They got Eli Mitchell projected to be the starter. Trey Sermon is still there. I think these guys are both um, uh, physically gifted and talented running backs who I would 
kind of list uh, somewhere right around like um, slightly north of mediocre. They're 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 okay. I like Eli Mitchell a lot. Was not a big fan of Trey Sermon. Um, but Eli Mitchell did have his ups and downs last year, and uh, certainly the plan was not for their sixth rounder to be their starting running back. I'm I'm not crapping on Eli Mitchell. He was a guy I really liked in the draft. I just I just um, I I don't have the same confidence in their running game this year as I usually do at this point in the season, especially with how bad their guards and center played last year. The Rushing attack is going to need to improve. And the reason that's all relevant is because you have this big question about the passing game. What's Trey Lance going to be able to do? The weapons he's throwing to and the line that is blocking him, they all have the potential in them to be really good. I just think from an offensive standpoint, this is clearly the worst roster that Kyle Shanahan has had to work with in the last um, few years. Uh, and there's been a, a number of seasons where Shanahan did not have a reliable quarterback under center. And we saw how those seasons went. He was, you know, getting the third pick in the draft those years. So, um, but Jimmy G is still on the roster. I think at this point, I would be tempted to keep Jimmy because I think that the defense is still good enough to get the job done. Now, across the board, it's uh, this is the same cast of characters that we have come to know and hate. Uh, you did lose DJ Jones. You lost cornerback Kawan Williams. Um, I forgot to mention Tom Compton uh, that they lost. Uh, he ended up being the right tackle for a lot of the year last year. Uh, he's, he's a good player. Uh, he can play at a bunch of different positions. He went to the Broncos. Um, uh, when we were talking about the running backs, I should have mentioned they lost Raheem Mostert to the Dolphins. I don't think that's any kind of a loss. I don't think Raheem Mostert is a good a good player, but whatever. He did get 5.7 yards per carry. That's not bad at all. That's, that's actually really good, but he only had 284 attempts. And... Um, he misses just an insane amount of time. He misses more than 10 games a year. <sighs> Trent Sherfield, uh, they lost him to the Dolphins. Not a good wide receiver. River Craycraft, another bad receiver they lost. Richie James, slightly better bad receiver they lost. A lot of turnover. Uh, we already talked about Arden Key, not a good player. Um, Contavious Street, not even worth talking about. Running back Trenton Cannon. <clears throat> Again, this only matters from a depth standpoint. Uh, I think he's uh, a little bit more of a special teamer. Uh, they do still have Jeff Wilson and Jamichael Hasty in that running back room. I think they're going to be okay. I just, um, you know, you're you're going to need to improve the offensive line play if you want uh, the running game to work. So, uh, that's all. And, um, we're looking at the defense. It's, it's the same guys. I don't need to go through the roster. It's the same guys. It always is. The only change looks like, uh, Aziz Al-Shair. I'm not sure who he's replacing actually, but Fred, Fred Warner and, uh, Dre Greenlaw are still there. So the, uh, those are the other two linebackers, but uh, Al-Shair is a linebacker. 
projected to be their third uh, linebacker. I just don't think it matters. Defense is going to be what the defense has been. Um, really good. So the Niners, I think, I think that there's there's uh, two different Niners teams that can show up here. One is the version that we saw uh, first half of last year where they were really struggling. Um, actually, you know what? Scratch that. One is the Niners team that we've seen a couple times in recent years where they did end up having like a, a top three or four draft pick because everything fell apart. All right. You saw that in 2020, 2018. Yeah, I think those are the two years. And it was because they didn't have a quarterback. And you got, you know, uh, I can't remember their names, but the, he, had, he had that uh, all those goofballs under center. Trey Lance, I think, is better than those goofballs. But we don't know how good he can be. So, you know, and, and he was not good in the little bits that we saw him last year. Uh, his passing grade was a 61, which is, you know, average. His running grade was below average. It was a 56. And if that's what he's, you know, supposed to be known for, I think that's a little bit concerning, but I, I, what you want is to see him develop as a passer, and he's got to figure out running the offense, be the captain of the team, that kind of stuff. Um, we'll see. I just here's my issue: is that the other depth quarterbacks that they've had out there in the last few years, you would like to be able to say, "Oh, well, Kyle Shanahan's there; they're going to be fine." They haven't been. <laughs> They've been goofballs. Uh, so Brock Purdy is still there. He was a horrific college quarterback at Iowa State. I don't know how in the world he ended up in the NFL. Don't defend Brock Purdy to me. That dude stinks. Nate Sudfeld is there. You know who Nate Sudfeld is. Uh, Jimmy G still there. I really think they need to keep him. But it's going to be weird having him sitting on the bench. And that that could be drama, but we'll see. So the 49ers could be really good if Trey Lance figures it out and if the offensive line figures it out. Um, and if Debo Samuel doesn't regress, if he's able to kind of stay at the same level he finished the season, season at last year, they should be okay. But I think there is, there is a version of this 49ers offense that just blows chunks. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on is how well does their offense uh, gel. And I think I am expecting them to struggle hardcore at the beginning of the season. Let's see if they figure it out. If they figure it out and then by like, you know, the middle of the season, they're really killing teams. I think this is a scary, scary team because their offense is, I mean, their defense is really good. So if their offense can figure it out, this team is going to be a problem. Otherwise, uh, this team is going to really struggle. Cardinals are the next team up. I think the Cardinals, Cowboys, I'm not going to do the Vikings because I want to actually devote a whole episode to them. So don't think that, you know, me not talking about the Vikings is a slight against the Vikings. No, they're a division rival. And so they're going to get their own episode. Um, I think the Cowboys are the only NFC East team that is even worth talking about. Uh, I mean, maybe the Eagles. The problem is the Cowboys had a really terrible offseason. Um, really not looking good. So let's talk about what went right, what went wrong. What went right, they did bring back Michael Gallup and Dalton Schultz, who I think are slightly north of mediocre players. Dalton Schultz has been really good in key stretchers. Um, 
Demarcus Lawrence is staying. J. Ron Curse is not a good player. Leighton Vander Esch is returning. He struggled a bit last year. They brought in Dante Fowler, who's a good player. Um, then they drafted Tyler Smith, who was a, a left tackle that I liked. And they lost Randy Gregory. I think all those moves are pluses. Looking at how the season went off, the offseason went off the rails a bit. First of all, they, their cap mismanagement has forced them to lose Amari Cooper. I think they should have kept Amari Cooper um, and gotten rid of Michael Gallup instead. I understand that it was about the money, but I think they should have found a way to do that. I think that uh, CeeDee Lamb is really good. I think he and Amari Cooper really needed to stick together. We'll see maybe if Michael Gallup steps up, you know, as as uh, kind of being the guy in the room. But I think it's funny. I said we're going to do Cardinals. Now we're doing Cowboys. But that's because I think the Cowboys are going to be quick. Um, but look at the Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup thing. I just I don't like it because I think that they overpaid for Michael Gallup. And I think that's why they had to move on from Amari Cooper. And I just think that's the stupidest thing in the world. And I thought it was stupid at the time when they paid Gallup. Um, I also don't like the Dalton Schultz thing because um, I think that he's overpaid. I don't think he's a good player for a good enough player to um, warrant the amount of money that they paid him. Um, you know, and like, is it should should all this be, you know, like clearly my my biggest problem is the Amari Cooper thing. It, is this going to be enough to make them a bad team? No. You know, if, if that was the case, then I should be more upset about losing Devontae Adams. But, you know, you're looking at CeeDee Lamb was largely a slot receiver for them last year, which is kind of silly. So that's your best receiver is your slot receiver. Okay. Um, You got uh, James Washington from the Steelers. I watch a lot of Steelers football. I pay a lot of attention to the Steelers. James Washington is trash. Michael Gallup and James Washington are your boundary receivers. I don't think that's good. And the the receiving core was kind of one of the only good things about the Cowboys offense last year. Prescott didn't have a fantastic year. It was okay. Um, this was his third best year ever. Um, but that's only since 2016. So there's three years that were not as good, including years where he was hurt for a lot of the year. Um, and then I, I think that uh, continuing to keep Ezekiel Elliott and pay him all this money is, is really hurting him. They really should have moved on from Zeke. Tony Pollard is absolutely good enough to be your lead back. Make Tony Pollard your lead back. Bring some other guys in as depth behind him. And then don't tie up that insane amount of money in running backs. So you can keep a good player like Amari Cooper. The offensive line, uh, the biggest problem is right tackle. The current projected starter is Terrence Steele. Let me see what's the deal with Leighton Van Der Esch. I don't know why I said Leighton, Leighton Van Der Esch. I, I got to keep talking about uh, offensive line. Um, and then uh, Tyler Biotis, uh was a ba uh, pretty bad his first two years in the league at center. I just think this offense that was really boomer bust last year, they were inconsistent. Some weeks they were really good, some weeks they were bad. 
Um, of course, Mike McCarthy like refuses to run the football. Zeke was really bad last year. He was the 32nd best running back in football. Again, really, they really need to make Tony Pollard the lead back there, and it's it's insane that they don't do it. And and I just think if you look at it, C.D. Lamb is kind of your only passing option. Um, I, I think that's fine if the rest of the offense is good, but the rest of the offense is not good. You got two good offensive linemen, obviously Zach Martin, uh, basically the best guard in football. And then uh, Tyron Smith had a career year last year. He ended up being the second best tackle in football. Uh, he was basically tied with, uh, with uh, Andrew Whitworth, but uh, they're just behind Trent Williams. Had a fantastic year. So you got two fantastic offensive linemen. The rest of them, I think, I think you can make do with two fantastic guys and then a bunch of just role players. But Prescott has to be better. Um, Dalton Schultz. My my problem with Dalton Schultz, my problem with Ezekiel Elliott, my problem with Michael Gallup, I'm not crapping on them as just being like horrific players. I mean, Zeke is not as good as he should be. But my big problem is you have an insane amount of money tied up in those three guys, and it's forced you to move on from some way better players on defense um, and on and, and uh, Amari Cooper. Let's talk about the defense. First off, uh, Diggs, Trayvon Diggs, dude has to come up with the same number of, of interceptions as he had last year, or he's going to uh, really be exposed for how horrific of a player he was last year. He was garbage, but he came up with so many interceptions. Um, if he can't repeat those interceptions, everybody's going to notice just how bad he really is. So they brought in Malik Hooker, safety from um, the Colts. Um, I didn't really understand this move from the Colts perspective. I think that it's a, a, a good move for the Cowboys. Of course, Jaron Curse is back. He's okay. Uh, last year was a really good year. 2019 was his best year ever. The rest of his career, he'd been pretty mediocre. Uh, your other cornerback, Anthony Brown, um, just a mediocre dude. The defensive line is a bit of a problem. Of course, you have uh, Demarcus Lawrence is there and is a freak. But the other three guys, you got Carlos Watkins, uh, Neville Gallimore. Uh, these two these two dudes are bad players. And then Dante Fowler has had, stacked two really bad years in a row. And I think that he has a better reputation because of his 2018-2019 seasons, he was pretty good. But since then, dude has stunk. Now, he has been in Atlanta. So, I think that everybody would expect him to be better when he comes to Dallas. And we'll see how that works. But the defensive line, I would say, is a negative. And the whole... Now, and now he is being reunited with... Uh, what the heck is his name? Uh, Dan Quinn. So, he was the head coach in Atlanta... And Fowler played from there. Now he's the defensive coordinator in Dallas. They got good production out of their defense last year. Um, and a, you know, a big part of that is that Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence were absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Jabril Cox had a good rookie year last year. We'll see what he can do. Uh, I think he has some good options at linebacker. I think Leighton Vanderush is pretty overrated. But he did not get a lot of money, so I think it's a good move. You got, so you got three linebackers there that I think you're pretty confident in. I think this is, shapes up on paper to be one of the better linebacker rooms in football. 
The DBs are a problem. Trayvon Diggs really needs to get better in a hurry, or um, you're going to be able to pass on this defense pretty well. But Dan Quinn runs a good show there. I, I just think that he's working with a bunch of not great players, big names who have not been good players in a while. And so we'll see what they can do this year. I think that they're going to, I think that they got super, super lucky last year. And I don't think that they were anywhere near as good as their record. But um, if, if they can get some good production out of the offense, you know, if losing Amari Cooper isn't a huge deal, I think that there is potential for a lot of these players who didn't play well to start playing better. And that's where you uh, move the needle and become a better team. So, you know, you could look across the board and see how a bunch of these players really had bad seasons last year and take that as a negative. I, I, I just think that there's some really low hanging fruit places where a lot of these players can, you know, take a step from, okay, uh, this dude is really bad and he's usually uh, good. So if he can go from bad to just average, if you have like four or five guys who make that kind of jump, I think that the overall team can get a lot better. I think that they should be the favorite to win the division again this year, but uh, still comes some concerns. Um, I, I would definitely put them in the next tier down. Um, I don't really want to talk about the Eagles, especially since we're already an hour and 15 minutes. So we're going to talk about the Cardinals and I'll probably, um, probably talk about the Eagles in a future episode, but let's talk about the Cardinals because that's the last NFC team that I think is worth spending, um, much time on because I don't think the saints are going to be any kind of a threat. So let's do the Cardinals. First of all, they lost running back Chase Edmonds, wide receiver Christian Kirk, Jordan Hicks, isn't he a linebacker? Uh, Jordan Hicks, Jordan Hicks. Yeah, linebacker Jordan Hicks, defensive lineman Jordan Phillips. They lost Chandler Jones. That's going to be a big deal. Uh, they lost guard Max Garcia. I, I just think that the Cardinals last year, I didn't think were a, a fantastic team. I think that they... Um, I think that they had a few good players. I really don't trust their their coaching. I don't like Cliff uh, Kingsbury one bit. Looking at additions that they made, they brought in Jeff Gladney, who is a really good player. He hasn't played for two years, though. That's that cornerback for the Vikings, who uh, almost went to prison, yada, yada. They brought in linebacker Nick Vigil, offensive lineman Will Hernandez, tight end Steven Anderson, um, AJ Green, I think is, I think he retired. Looking across the rest of the roster, they, they lost more guys, but I don't think most of these guys really matter. Chris Banjo, I think they're still waiting on a decision for him. But the, the big problem when you look at the Cardinals, I'm, I, I have a really hard time taking them seriously for a couple reasons. And, and the biggest problem comes with their head coach. I I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is the answer. And one of the one of the things that he needs to work on and figure out is all these collapses. If you look at the course of um, his career as a head coach, he now has nine straight years going all the way back to Texas Tech 
where his team has had a really solid start and then just bottomed out to, to end the year. When you're talking about nine years in a row, that's not a coincidence. That's a trend. In 2013, uh, they had a 7-0 start. Then they went 1-5. Um, in 2014... They won their first two games and then only won two more games the rest of the year. I, I wouldn't quite classify that as this, but it's still, you know, they were better at the beginning than they were at the rest of the year. Uh, 2015, they went five and two, and then they went two and four after that. 2016, they started three and one, then they went two and six. 2017, they started four and one, then they went two and six. And then his final year uh, with the Red Raiders started five and two and then went zero and five. And somehow that five and seven season was enough to land him a head coaching gig in the NFL, which blew my mind. I've never understood the Cliff Kingsbury hire. Now in Arizona, it's been more the same. 2019, it didn't start out fantastic, three, three, and one, but it's pretty good compared to going two and seven to finish the year. 2019, they started six and three. Kyle Murray was playing pretty well. But then they finished the season going two and five. Last year, they started 10 and two. Beautiful. And finished up the season going one and five with a horrifically embarrassing playoff performance. Um, 11 and seven is your final record. This just blows my mind. You win 10 games, and then the whole rest of the season, you can only scrape together one more rent, win. <sighs> That's just, and, and that's only in the regular seasons, not including, you know, really he went one and six because of his playoff loss. So we could talk more about the Cardinals, but unless Cliff Kingsbury can figure his crap out, I just don't think that the Cardinals are worth talking about. I mean, what, you think that finally in year 10, he's going to finally figure out how to stop collapsing every single season? I mean, I, I I just, you know what? Call me when it happens. <laughs> um, J.J. Watt didn't have a good season last year. I mean, he was, you know, still had a, an above average grade, 78. That's that's good, but easily his worst year ever. Um, minus his rookie season, 2011, and 2016, when, of course, he basically didn't play. But outside of that, he the lowest grade he's ever had was an 85.4 in 2020. 78.6 last year. Obviously, he missed a lot of time, but you know what? That's been my big beef with J.J. Watt for years. It was all the time he misses, so um, I just don't take him seriously anymore. Uh, he's just, I think it's time for him to hang it up. They lost Chandler, Chandler Jones Chandler Jones, and replaced him with Marcus Golden, who's not a great football player. He did have uh, his best year ever last year, 75.2, which is um, a little bit lower than the grade I just made fun of J.J. Watt for having. So he's not really the answer. And then the interior of the defensive line, they're leaning on Zach Allen and Rashard Lawrence, both of whom are not good football players. Big problem they got um, would be cornerback because the current starters are Marco Wilson and Byron Murphy Jr., who are both horrific players. But you do have... Uh, Jeff Gladney waiting in the wings, and maybe he can come in and you know be a uh, relief hitter for you. 
Linebackers are a problem. Nick Vigil, they brought in from the Chargers. Trash player. Isaiah Simmons had a bad rookie season and then an even worse 2021 season. So I'm going to call him a bad player until he figures out how to play football. We'll see if he can do anything, but he's been hot garbage. 49.7 overall grade. His run defense was a 40. The only thing he was good at at all that brought his grade up to a 49 was blitzing. So not real good. Kind of bad in coverage. And you remember that uh, Devondre Campbell was most recently with the Cardinals and sucked and then came to the Packers and became the um, I think the number two linebacker in all of football last year. Now you got Zaven Collins. Should be excited about him, right? He had an okay rookie season, 66th grade, um, and he was a pretty good run defender. I'd be more excited about that if Isaiah Simmons hadn't had a you know okay rookie season and then collapsed the year after, but... Um, I also don't think that we should slander Zayvon Collins' name with um, Isaiah Simmons' horrific play. Just saying, you know, Collins is projected to be your third linebacker because he's pretty inexperienced. Would not be surprised at all if he takes over as the number one guy at some point this year because there's nobody next to him who really could take his spot. Buda Baker, very overrated safety. He's not a horrific player, but 2021 – he finished as the 44th best safety, and he was the best defensive back for the Cardinals all year uh, uh, on their entire roster. Um, 65 coverage grade, kind of the only thing he does well, but obviously that's what you care about the most in your safety. And he's your free safety. Now, uh, Jalen Thompson had a better coverage grade, um, but as the strong safety who did play a good amount in the box, you wish you, you had a little bit better um, run defense grade from him. So, I, I don't know. The, the big problem with the Cardinals is their defense. I don't think it's good. They played some good defense last year at times, but it was largely just when J.J. Watt was on the field. And, um, you know, how many games can you count on from him this year? Five or six? I'm not sure that you can bank on more than that, given his track record. Um, I just I just don't respect the Cardinals. Uh, offensive line is bad. The only guy they have was any good is DJ Humphreys, uh, the second best guy. That's their left tackle. Their second best guy is their left guard, Justin Pugh, um, who had the second, eh, third worst year of his career last year. That's out of ten years. Um. So DeAndre Hopkins is back, but he had his worst year since 2016. Looked like a shell of the guy that he was with the Texans. Uh, AJ Green, is he coming back? I don't think, I, I really think that they're waiting to hear if he's going to retire. So I, I think that there may be in, in some uh, dire straits here as far as their... Uh, receiver coordinate. They did bring in Hollywood Brown, but the Ravens receiving room was highly criticized the last few years. So I think Hopkins and Brown is is fine. Um, and then uh, it's not Bateman. Who's there? Who did they draft? The Ravens took Bateman, right? I always get these two confused. The Ravens took Bateman. Yeah, the Cardinals took Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore was. Uh, decent last year. I, I would expect that he's going to pass 
uh, Hollywood Brown in the depth chart. So you got Hopkins, um, Moore, Rondell Moore, and Hollywood Brown. That's your trio. That's good enough. Um, Zach Ertz had a, a not great year last year. He's been bad for mm, two years in a row now. Uh, I, I think he has hit a wall. I really do. Um, you know, if you thought that the problem was Philadelphia, well, he went to Arizona and had another bad year. So the the big question is going to be Kyler Murray because he was up and down last year. Um, he played really well, really well for the first half of the year, and then he played really poorly the second half of the year. So, um, you know, that in tandem with um, with the rest of the team all not doing well the second half of the year. Is it a Kyler Murray issue? Is it, you know, and here's what we haven't, haven't even talked about it yet, is he's currently holding out for a new contract. I, I Now, I'm not under any um, delusions that they're not going to get that resolved before the season, but I think that that certainly can impact the team's cohesion. Now, he did show up to mandatory minicamp, but he um, didn't show up to any of the uh, voluntary stuff. You know, kind of doing the I'm here so I don't get fined thing. I'm not going to waste a lot of time talking about Kyler Murray and his contract stuff because I do think they'll get that resolved. But there is a question of do you go ahead and pay him what he's asking? Because he hasn't really shown so far that he's the answer going forward. He had a good season in 2020, good season in 2021, and he was elite for the first half of 2021. Um, but you know, he, he still has a whole another year on his contract and he's refusing to play it unless he gets paid. I'm just saying maybe you think about whether or not you actually want to do this. So that's all for today. <sighs> Cardinals, I think, are going to make a lot of noise early on in the year like they have the last few years. And I'm not going to take them seriously, just like I didn't take them seriously last year. They didn't scare me. Um, although, you know, it mattered a little bit more because we actually had to play them during that stretch and we don't this year. I think. No, no, we don't. So that's the Cardinals for you. Um, where do you slot the Packers in in that whole mix? I think I would say you've got a trio of teams at the top in Tampa, L.A., and Green Bay that should be all considered right there in the running for favorites to win the NFC North and all three of them have pretty significant questions. I think they're all going to be decent, but I think the NFC this year is going to not be super top heavy. Uh, I think that I, I don't think the Packers have to be that great to be the best team in the NFC. Put it that way. I think the, I think Tampa Bay is probably the team to beat. Uh, I think LA, especially with having Sean McVay, I think that, I think they have enough to be good, but they weren't that good last year, despite winning the Super Bowl. So I'm just not that. There's nobody in the NFC that really scares me. The scary teams are all in the AFC this year. And then the Niners, again, it depends on what Trey Lance can do. It depends on how that uh, offense can come together. Um, But there's a lot of reasons to think that they could be the best team in the NFC, maybe the NFL. A lot of reasons to think that they could fall apart. And I think it really is going to come down to quarterback. And the fact that they still have Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster and have the option of maybe you go to him. You know, maybe this is the Niners year again. 
like 2019. That really is possible where um, they have enough talent on both sides of the ball to get the job done. Um, th- those are the teams that I take seriously. I don't think the Cardinals, I don't think the, Co- the Cowboys are any kind of concerning. We'll talk about the Eagles and the Saints in a future episode. Uh, and I think that uh, the Washington Commanders are worth a look. I will just tell you right now, here's the teams that we don't even need to think about. Falcons, Panthers, Seahawks are all going to be picking inside the top 10 in the draft. Um, Giants are going to be bad, um, but I think they have a little bit more talent than those other three teams. And the the Bears, I'll just tell you now, I'm, I really think they're going to have the number one pick of the draft. I, I think they're going to really struggle to win a game. I think they're probably going to go 0-8 before they win a game. That's just my prediction. We'll see how that shapes up, but they're they're not a good team. And I put the Lions in similar company with the Giants. I think both these teams, their goal should be to make a wild card um, and get above 500 wins. So let's see what they can do. I think both of them, you have a lot of questions about coaching staff, um, a little bit less questions about the overall roster, but I think quarterback is an issue for both teams. And we'll talk more about the Lions um, as we get closer to the season because I think that they will present some significant challenges for the Packers since we play them twice. But uh, that's all I have time for today. I actually went uh, like 45 minutes over, but that's fine. And uh, Eagles and Vikings and Saints we'll talk about um, in future episodes. I'm going to try and get some um, – actually, I, I already have – uh, a few interviews lined up with some experts on the Bears, the Niners. Um, so we'll we'll get some people in to talk about these other teams, and then um, Washington, I think, is going to be worth talking about as well. These are these are um, teams who could jump up and bite you, but don't really strike you as leaders in the NFC this year, but worth looking at. So hope that brings you up to speed. Hope you enjoy this podcast. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing it, as evidenced by the fact that I went ninety minutes. <laughs> I will talk to you all next week. Take care. Bye-bye.